Hello there, Waterloo Road fans. It's Tom here, your podcast host. Very excited to welcome you to the new reboot series. We're in series 12. But before we get going, I have to tell you about our Patreon page. Of course, you all know at this point that Patreon is a subscription service where you can get loads of extra stuff from Luke and myself, including our Waterloo Road fan fiction, the Waterloo Road Awards, other school-based shows like Ackley Bridge and Phoenix Rise, loads of stuff on the Patreon, including extended versions of all of our cast member interviews. All of the great stuff you could possibly want, patreon.com slash Waterloo Road Pod. And I would like to thank those of you who have already subscribed. So thank you to Joel, to Holly, to Matthew Kumar, to Mel, to Tom Percival, to Becky, to Eliza, who is on Instagram at WaterlooXRoad underscore. Thank you to Rebecca Grimshaw, to Peter, to Hannah Louise, who would like to shout out NHS Mental Health Services. Thank you to Alicia, to Emmy, to Ollie C, to Sarah Mython, to Helen, who you can find on Instagram at red.head.red. Thank you to Joe Buckle, to Aya, to Avid Collector, to Frank, to Natalie, who is Natalie the Book Reader on Instagram. Thank you to Eve, to Laura, to Charlotte, to Lou Parsons, to Leecher, to Kat, to Maddie, to Lottie Smith, and finally thank you to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Your continued support is hugely appreciated by Luke and myself, and if you listening now would love to join that list of shoutouts, all you have to do is go to Patreon, dot com slash waterloo road pod and now without any further ado let's get on with this week's podcast and talk about the return of andrew trenner Hello and welcome to another episode of Everything From Nothing, the Waterloo Road podcast. We are back because Waterloo Road is back. It is season, season, I've done it now. Oh no, I'm out of practice. Oh, that's... <laughs> Theories. Series well, with, 12. With Kim and Andrew back on our screens, we might as well do a throwback to series one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Banter. Do you, you realise how long it's been, right? Because... People don't know our Zoom ID, so I can tell them this. The password for our Zoom ID, by the way, Tom's in commentary getting a haircut, so we're back to uh, the COVID ways of doing things. I've already done it. Do you like it? Uh, it mm, not worth driving that far for. Um, and, yeah, the password for our Zoom ID, which I totally forgotten, is Tally Ho. It is. I can't. And then someone during the week when the show was on tweeted us Tally Ho. And I cannot for the life of me remember what that is in reference to. I have a feeling it was us describing what Andrew Treneman's O face would be. But <laughs> I think he actually said it at one point. I think you might have done. And then his, we we, extra- his... we extrapolated it into a sexual context. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it when you put Dirty Talk on the podcast. <laughs> and then, then he lay me down and he extrapolated it into a dirty context. <laughs> yeah. Really angling hard for the uh, for the episode title there. Yeah, um, yeah. So before we start, we have a nice thing to do because someone got in touch with us with a nice comment via email. And we thought that was so folksy and old fashioned that we, we should read it out on the podcast. And also we never told anybody this email address existed. No, this, this person, 
this lovely, lovely listener wanted to talk to us so badly they just took a punt at getting our email address. <laughs> no, I think it must be listed somewhere because it is attached to all the social media accounts. Um, I'd forgotten I even had it. I, I made it literally just so we had something to put as the Twitter email. Okay. Um, but yes, so we had an email from a lovely listener called Lucy. And um, uh, I won't reveal Lucy's surname, but it's quite Scottish. And the subject line of the email was Scottish episodes. So when I got it, I went, oh, God. <laughs> this is the, di- the diplomatic incident begins here. <laughs> um, but no, it's lovely. So I'll, I'll read, read Lucy's email. I have asked her p- for permission. Um, so she said, uh, hi, guys, I recently discovered your podcast to listen to the reboot episodes. And then I listened to the Scotland episodes. I live in the place where it was filmed in Scotland and was a teenager when it was on. It's hilarious listening to you two talk about them. They aren't great, but I get so much nostalgia just because they were in my area when I was a teenager. In the first episode of season eight, season, season. Sorry, Lucy. Yeah, cut the email there. (laughs) That's it. The end. She's Um, not an OG. (laughs) In the first episode of series eight, I'm going to passively aggressively correct it. In the first episode of... (laughs) In the first episode of series eight, they used real school kids as extras, and to this day, the site where it was filmed is still casually referred to as Waterloo Road. Although your Scottish accents are questionable, which is, that's very charitable. Very charitable. I think that's directed solely at you, because <laughs> I'm pretty certain, right, let's get the script, right, we'll do a special podcast, get me the script of Brave, and I'll do the whole thing. No one wants that. Um, to this day, the ah, site where it was filmed no. is- It's still casually referred to as Waterloo Road. Although your Scottish accents are questionable, it's lovely hearing you talk about my hometown and one of the big legacies from it. Thank you for helping me get through my dissertation. So that was a lovely, genuinely lovely email. Thank you very much, because we we don't get tons and tons of nice emails. I think that is the first email that has ever come to that address. So thank you. Yeah. Why don't you read the email out and people can send us emails and we'll do this every time. Yes. Absolutely. Something, something so if, we should have done 130 yeah, we should. <laughs> This is like when I made the Spotify playlist and didn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> I was just adding songs to this playlist and play out songs. And uh, Lucy, if you want anyone to proofread your dissertation, you can send it to me and I'll do it free of charge, but I'm allowed to read it out on the Patreon in a Scottish accent. <laughs> 10,000 words in a Scottish accent. <laughs> If you want to do that, you can record it and you can upload it because I don't want to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yes, thank you, Lucy. And if you are listening and would love to send us an email that we can read out on the podcast, the email address is very imaginatively waterlooroadpod at gmail.com. Yeah, I don't know how Lucy managed to crack that. (laughs) Crack the code. It's just whatever our social media handle is at (laughs) gmail.com. Yeah, so send send in comments, send in questions. We've done a mailbag episode once. We'll do mailbags again if you want to do. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah, if we if we get a few questions piled up, we'll do a mailbag one. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on swiftly to talking about uh, series twelve, episode one of Waterloo Road. Uh, are we excited to have the reboot series back? Because we've sat through a lot of rubbish of the old show since we last talked about the new one. Yes, although I do have no idea who any of these people are anymore. <laughs> Oh come on! It wasn't that long ago. I know, like the like TikTok, everything. It's broken my brain. We we watched these episodes of the, the previous series in January. It was four months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I, it. I 
I've um uh, I've been reading uh, a book series and I read a couple of books in between book one and book two. And in the start of book two, they did a kind of a, a soft recap of everything that happened in the first one. And I was so thankful. I've never been so thankful. <laughs> and that must have been, what, two weeks ago? Well, they do that. That Waterloo Road did that for this series. There's like a, a previously on that goes through the the greatest hits of the yeah, last series. It was it was doing doing a lot of heavy lifting. It didn't it didn't other than Danny and Kim, it didn't really say out any of their names. <laughs> so that's where I was struggling. So in my notes, I've got Kai question mark. <laughs> so if you say any, you have to hope that I get to the names before you do. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so the episode begins uh, with a song called Blue Lights by Georgia Smith because there's police cars in the scene. <laughs> yeah, it's one for the uh, prison gates. Yes, uh, absolutely. Na- naughty step. Definitely. Um, Casey Thistleton on the radio. Love that. As a big BBC <laughs> Radio 1 devotee. Yeah, you see, I'm not. So I have no idea who that is. No, if it's not country music, you don't listen to it, do you? Um, so we have uh, Joe and Mike. Uh, Joe, of course, was the other deputy head who we got very little of last series. It looks mm-hmm. like he is going to be far more vocal this time around. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I, I, I'm prepared to think if he has an affair with Kim, that would be a very shocking twist. It would. That would be a twist. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, are there, you know, no Jamie Glover in the opening credits. We riot. <laughs> But that's so, because but, that's because the ep- the episode is edited and framed as if we don't know he's coming back. Yeah, even though they put it in the trailer. Am I allowed to do my Am I allowed to do my Captain America Civil War um, <laughs> rant that when they put Spider Man in the trailer? Or that it would I tell you what it would be a heck of a moment, wouldn't it? If he just walked in, and we didn't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Imagine it would have, the reaction. It would, it would have really changed the tone of the podcast we're currently doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been cartoonish. It would. Um, um, but yes, so Joe and Mike. Uh, Mike is his partner, who is a police officer. Um, they are putting the, the kids in the car. They are their foster kids, uh, Dwayne and Zane. Dwayne, who we met in the last series. There's a lot to talk, a lot to unpack with the fact that Dwayne is a character we've met before. And we also knew that Joe and Mike were fostering before, but we did not know that Dwayne was the kid they were fostering. It is, all right, that, that leaves us very open to being corrected online. But I thought that. <laughs> my, my question was, did we always know that Dwayne was their foster kid? No. And there was a whole episode where Dwayne was digging up a teacher's garden. Yeah, yeah. Looking for and there was no party. suggestion that, yeah, there was no, suge- no suggestion that the deputy head's kid was doing that. Yeah, yeah. Because if they were either always fostered or this arrangement has started in the two weeks, because what half holiday are we saying this was? Was it the Christmas holidays? I don't know. Well, I, I, I'm sort of, with Christmas holidays. I'm sort of numbed to this debate at this point. <laughs> but no, because it's just it's just it's a good sense of figure out. All right, if it's two weeks, I feel like that's a bit of an insane amount of time to foster two children and go let's adopt them. Yeah, it, it, it feels like it feels like they've been they are the kids we heard of before. Yeah. Um, they just didn't feel the need to, to, to codify who they were with. Um, so then we get some some throwback Waterloo Road because we get Lyndon framed by the metal detectors they've put outside the school. Yeah, yeah. And your no security Dave cameo. No security Dave. We riot. He he he's out listening to a fearless bracket Taylor's version. There's going to be a lot of that this series, isn't there? Yeah. 
until until they they break up just before we record episode seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you uh, every time I get close to saying my true opinion on Matty Healy, if you could just cut me out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit of white noise for a few minutes for you. Um, so. Yeah, the kids are obviously very angry about the metal detectors, Kelly Joe in particular, and they start chanting, free Danny Lewis. Um, and then Dwayne is sort of catching some some abuse for being uh, for having both of his parents now at the school, one of whom is a police officer. Um, he's saying, as if being the deputy head's kid wasn't bad enough, I'm a feds kid as well. It's like we're living with three English teachers, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine oh, they brought those were the days. in. They brought those were the days. empathise. It's good. It's so, nice that you know he he eases us back into this first episode back just by like reading out the kind of the salient themes. Yes, I'm a, a deputy head's kid, a feds kid. It's like there's a target on my back. Yes, um, and and so I feel quite bad. I feel like we should almost apologise to Waterloo Road because we spent the entire last series saying they've done really well to take on all of these big issues, but they're not addressing the police and the changing attitudes towards the police. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like that is the central thread of this entire series. <laughs> Joe, why though? Their podcast is it because they're podcast listeners? <laughs> they're podcast listeners. But yeah, yes, it so is, it, but it's also like it's weird that Lyndon has almost like totally changed character to to do this. Yeah, so I, Lyndon I actually, was kind of like the go into the BU. I'm going to be a hard ass. Is a BU yeah. right? On this because we're currently talking about a pupil referral unit. <laughs> in scotland <laughs> and now this will be you <laughs> this is grounds for a lot of confusion isn't it yeah well and then in episode two spoilers danny is at a, a pru what because he's Lorraine at a... donegan turns up i swear to god <laughs> he's he's at a pru which is a people referral unit right i imagine so yeah or it's a um, place so where yeah. um cats get drowned there's there's plenty of uh Plenty of opportunity for a confusion there. I, um, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that comment hanging, and I'll see yeah. if people can piece together where how I got from Prue to cats being drowned. Yeah, I I, I didn't get it. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I read some quotes from um, from the actor who plays Lyndon, and Lyndon Jerome likes he, us on Twitter. Very sexy man. Yes, yeah, great man, great man. And he was saying <laughs> that um, basically what happened at the end of the last series sort of humbled Lyndon in a way in that all of the things he believes to be true sort of crumbled down a bit with the way that he was sort of shut down in the big protest at the end and it took Kim's approach to to change things. So mm-hmm. I think I think the idea is that he's sort of struggling with himself and all the things he believes to be true, not not feeling right anymore. Yeah, it's it's like the post-Trenerman week in series two or whatever when Trenerman has his <laughs> reign of exclusions, terror, and realises, yes. no, he has to be able to wrestle children. Exactly, and that that puts him on a on a better footing with Jack after that, mm-hmm. because he he had to question his own uh, approaches and question whether actually some of what Jack did might be right. So we then we get Kim saying that the police should be respected and obeyed, which is tough. Stop making Kim say the wrong things. Yeah, because at this um, point, which... like, doesn't Kelly Joe say they need to show us respect? And yes. she says, you're not acting in a way that deserves respect. They're just yeah. chanting is the lowest form of protest. It's like this episode yeah. was scripted by the person who did the public order bill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's basically 
they are sort of doing what Kim told them to do in the last series, which is like make your point, but make it without having a riot. Yeah, yeah. Be angry, keep being angry, and then they come back two weeks later angry. It's like, have you guys got got over this yet? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so. Um, so there's some stuff about um how um the the blade Danny used has not been found. Because obviously we saw um, Val take it in the end of the last series. And I'm still, having seen episodes one and two, I'm still a bit unclear of how much of a plot point this is going to be. Yeah, yeah. And if it is a plot point, at which point a whole nation will stop and scream, why didn't she just throw away the blade? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't know that she hasn't in the intervening time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Time. But they can't, you know, do a, as Tom would say, a, a pregnant look at her taking it out as like, oh, here's look, here, here is the blade, and then not show her disposing of it. Um. So Kim says to Kelly Joe, um, I, I, I absolutely take responsibility for the fact an adult entered the school with the intention of harming one of the kids, and the reason I've stayed at the school is to make sure that it doesn't happen again. I believe that these security measures are necessary. Um, and then there's a really nice line where Kim says, the police are on your side. And Kelly Joe just says, believe that, miss, and you'll believe anything. <laughs> Which I feel is a very explicit way of setting that out. And I didn't think the show would go as far as that. No, it's, it's very much within Kelly Joe's character to say that, though, isn't yeah. it? Absolutely. No, it completely stacks up with Kelly Joe, but it's... It, 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 it's a topic that we believed that the show was deliberately avoiding in the last series. Yeah, yeah. And for them within five minutes of the start of the first episode to be addressing it pretty much head on. Because they're podcast listeners. Because they're podcast listeners. So Mike has done the good old fashioned thing, as Eddie Lawson would say, and he's going to resolve all of these issues with a kickabout. Yeah, yeah. Um, ad- adult trained police officers playing football with children. I mean, that's why they mix the teams, right? Because otherwise... I know, but still... Five-a-side team of 40-year-old physically imposing men against some teenagers. So then we get we get Danny talking to a solicitor, Danny and Val with the solicitor, and the, uh, the solicitor's saying, basically, because the knife's not there, they can't charge you for possession of a weapon, and they can't prove... the various things they can't prove. And so, you know... You could, if you just say you can't remember things, you could walk free. Yeah. I, at this point, I was really hoping that Val would say, why don't we both say we did it? So we both get off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we find out that Vinny has recently come out of hospital and basically a lot hangs on what he chooses to tell the police. Yeah. Again, it's, I'm going to keep going back to this. Vinny was about to kill Danny and yes. no one really cares about that when making these decisions. No. Yeah. No. I guess we don't um, have self-defense laws in this country, but still, just the, the basic logic of I was a panicking child. Um, yeah. Danny has been well and truly flick mellowed in prison, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been on bail, right? He hasn't been in prison. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you know, he was locked in. They did the whole lock in the door on him in the last thing. But that's like like with um oh my god, I've just forgotten the name of the head teacher at the moment. <laughs> Michael Barron. Yes, that's like with Michael, where they had the one shot where they showed him in the cells, and then obviously he's out on bail the next time we see him. Oh, we've re- it's a sad point where you're getting character names and having to correct me. Yeah, I don't even know who Danny is. <laughs> so uh, we are. So we have Lyndon then, which I, which I quite like saying. You know, for some of these kids, that uniform doesn't stand for security. 
they're really hammering the point home and and i like I, that. that's i just find it weird that linden was saying it because mm. linden was just like the you know the atypical waterloo road brutalizer in the last series and now he's <laughs> now he's like oh they won't like this now he's walking around with a cab written on his t-shirt yeah yeah um so uh and then what they do is they do the waterloo road shift where they immediately move from doing a serious debate to talking about their own personal issues mm-hmm. love it which is you know always a classic always a classic um we find out that Erica from the LEA is sending a representative from an organization called something like Knife Crimes Against Youth or something. And at this point, that's, we just that's say. That's not it. That's, that's not the organization. <laughs> just a group of knife crimes hanging around going, there's, there's too much, too many kids doing antisocial things in my town. Look, I didn't write the name of the organization because that's not important. The important thing is Andrew Bloody Trenovan. <laughs> I was too giddy to write the name of the organization. So uh, Kai had said to Samia that um, there's this mystery man who he's been sort of ignoring the cause of all summer. And Samia says, why don't you write the guy a letter? And so that's what he does. And then he sort of hides it in Preston's like coat yeah. while they're getting ready yeah. for this charity football match. So we meet the new lad who is Miles. Um, and he's chatting to Noel about football and he's doing the thing about, oh, I've been in the United Academy since I was seven. Yeah, he's been in the United Academy for 10 years and he says they weren't yeah. playing him in his best position. In his best position, yeah. Um, what's the most insane new kids lie that you heard when you were at school? Yeah, I don't remember any of the new kids coming in with outlandish stories. You've got the classic Ron Weasley story, which I think you've done on the podcast before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And th- that kid was an extra in Waterloo Road. Yes. Yeah, back in the series. Uh, there was a kid who joined in year eight, and on he went big on day one. He was telling people that he'd shagged before. <laughs> that feels like a classic. Yeah. yeah. I, think was, I think it was like from Nottingham. So obviously he was very exotic to us people in Cornwall. <laughs> and I was like, oh, everyone in there, Nans is shagging up there. <laughs> um. So uh, Val is talking to Kim to update her on the meeting about Danny. Um, Val is saying, you know, if the police can't find the knife, he might he might walk free. Um, Kim is rightly not sure about any of this, but Val is sort of defiant about this. Yeah, I kind of. I really do have to give myself into the journey on this episode to try and see where Kim's coming from. But I still don't feel like him taking very public accountability for, yes, he carried a knife. He shouldn't have done that. He was... But that's how we ended the last series, was me saying I'm not pro-knife crime, but that old man was about to kill him. Yeah, um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they just... they Kim memory holes that part of the story. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm not entirely certain putting a kid on the hook for a crime of self-defence for the rest of his life is the kind of Hail Mary that... Kim thinks it is. No, I think I don't think they've made clear enough the conflicted feelings that Kim has. There was some stuff at the very end of the last series where they sort of did, I think, quite a nice job of it of saying, she you know, stuck her neck out for him, basically. Yeah, and, and in in the because they did it. I tell you what, they did it with the protesting stuff where Kim was like, 
you know, I'm sort of torn between the fact I agree with you and I think you should have a right to free expression, but also because of the role I'm in as a head teacher of a school, mm. I can't, you know, advocate revolution. <laughs> Which is why they're part of the problem. Yeah, and I and maybe that's something that 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 they can tease out. But I think that's the that's the central um dilemma at the heart of Kim as a character. Um, and, and I think there's definitely room to explore it more. And certainly it seems that perhaps with the the return of Treneman, that that's something they can they can examine a bit more because Kim has a sounding board now in a way that she maybe didn't before because her and Lyndon were more antagonistic, even yeah. when they were, you know, breaking but, off his furniture. Yeah, yeah, they were breaking off his furniture. Yeah, yeah. There was no there was no cuddling done that day. <laughs> no, no, there was not. Um, Mr. Guthrie is going to be the referee for the charity game. He's uh, in the most dishing Grantly out... plot to ever Grantly. It is, isn't it? He's dishing out cards in the corridor. Uh, Dante says, "Stick that up your VAR," which I'm not, I'm not sure is what VAR is. No, it's just making Dante's all about the references this week, though. It's in the just moment, saying it... say Pierre Luigi Colina. Yeah. Oh, I, I take, did you the, did you appreciate the, that a little a little well, referee yeah, but reference? The entire target audience of this show went who. <laughs> To which their dad had to lean over and go, he's this bold guy. It was he used to be a referee. Okay, so you might not know this, but the greatest football game ever was Pro Evolution Soccer 3. Right? <laughs> yes. You had Castolo up front, he had white boots, dynamite. But on the front cover, yeah. you had uh, uh, a fella by the name of Pierluigi Colina. Yes, all yeah. right, a referee on the cover of a football game. <laughs> Yeah, didn't didn't just used to be Mbappe and Messi every year. No. Occasionally, you'd get Pierre Luigi Colina. So there's some stuff with with Amy sort of clearly flirting with Dante a bit, uh, and, and indeed inviting him for a fancy meal. Um, I cannot I cannot relate to Dante in this series anymore. <laughs> Why? Because he he's in the midst of a love triangle. Yeah, he's being pursued by two beautiful women, just like yeah. <laughs> So Miles, uh, based on the, as far as we know, spurious claim that he was in the United <laughs> Academy, has taken over the warm-up. <laughs> yeah, because when a player at 17 years old leaves the United Academy, what they do is they go to regular school and not, <laughs> you know, go it's, to one of the many other hundreds of professional academies. Yeah, like surely every like 15-year-old boy, if someone turns up and goes, I was in the United Academy for... 10 years they go all right mate yeah they don't yeah. go yeah run our warm-up <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'm doing you know, Very I'm gonna take this totally on face value and you said and you say you've shagged back in nottingham I yeah exactly it. yeah um so then miles for reasons that are not clear pushes little zane over you just um and then obviously Dwayne sort of goes up to him and miles is like yeah oh what are you gonna do get one of your gay dads on me because Miles is our bad boy for the series. He does have a bad boy hat, piercing, and jacket. That's <laughs> yeah. that's that's the bad boy trifecta. That is that's yeah. I didn't. Did you look at his eyebrows? What's he got going on in his eyebrows? I I, I did not look. <laughs> you said that like like it's like something I do for every character. Like, yeah. oh, let, let me consult my eyebrow encyclopedia. <laughs> um. So yes, that's all very strange. Um. So Preston and Kai then sort of meet awkwardly on the on the pitch, and Preston says that he's seeing someone. Yeah. And then everyone goes, all right, um, mate. Yeah, it goes to a different school. 
so we find out that Mr. Guthrie has lost his whistle because Dante has stolen it. And then they just shamelessly steal the joke from Ted Lasso. Yeah. I just, one thing I don't understand is in this, in these two episodes that we've watched, they do a bit, they make a big deal out of doing really intense close-ups on teachers doing rather innocuous things. So like they take their badge off and you've got a close-up of their hands <laughs> taking the badge off here. You've got him putting his key down. You get, oh my God, uh, his whistle down. People go, oh God. If this was old Waterloo Road, he's about to be poisoned. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. When he put the whistle down, I really was like, where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah. Because they really linger on, on the whistle and it's just because Dante's going to nick it so that he has to yell whistle for the next few minutes. Yeah. But yeah, it's absolutely a joke nicked wholesale from Ted Lasso. Um, oh, I saw Jamie Tart on Oxford Street today. Oh, I messaged yes, you about so that. you said. You did, yeah, you messaged me about that. Yeah, yeah, he was walking, he had his sunglasses on, he was walking and it was only because I was he, me and him were walking the same direction for a little while. I turned twice and noticed it and I was like, oh, <laughs> but I'm not the kind of person who stops people. <laughs> no. Not not unless he was wearing his Richmond tracksuit. Then you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think I, I don't know. I've definitely told this story to you before. I don't know if I've told you on the podcast before, but I remember once was walking across Waterloo Bridge, and someone was coming towards me in like dark clothing and like a cap pulled down over their eyes, mm-hmm. um, and they looked up at me and we locked eyes for a second, and it was Tom Hiddleston. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Tom Hiddleston, our eyes met, and I saw his eyes flip down, and I realised I was wearing my Avengers Infinity War t-shirt, and I watched the light drain from Tom Hiddleston's <laughs> eyes as he went, oh, no. Oh, God, no. And I didn't stop him. I didn't. I let him carry on. We both went on with our days. <laughs> yeah. The only person I ever regret, because I, I walk into London for work quite early, and I remember walking past Daniel Day Kim, um, hmm. who was in London, I think he must have been filming Hellboy. Um, yeah. And because I'm obviously a huge Lost fan and I remember walking past him and going and like I wanted to run back and say, I, I didn't even want anything from him. I just wanted to tell him how much I loved, loved him yeah. in Lost. Um, but I didn't, I didn't do that. So they've mixed the teams up between the police and the pupils. Uh, Mr. Guthrie immediately sends Preston off because he's making fun of the fact he doesn't have a whistle. Yeah, nice charity football match. At no point does the police officer who ran this charity football match to ingratiate people, win hearts and minds, have a good spirit of fun. Does this police officer ever step in on the referee clearly trying to play main (laughs) character? Yeah, yeah, just giving out cards to absolutely everyone. But the reason for it is for a comedy montage. Comedy montage, where other than the kids with speaking roles, every player here is a 40-year-old League Two journeyman. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, it's it's very much a, an entire fiver side team of get it launched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh we meet Samia's dad, Mr. Chowdhury. He's at the match, he is one of the governors. Um, do we what do I recognize that actor from? I'll I'll tell you what you recognize him from. He is the episode of Black Mirror with Alex Lawther and Bron from Game of Thrones where he uh, has to follow the text prompts. And at the end, he has to like fight to the death with someone who has been caught doing the same very unpleasant thing he was doing. Um, wait, are we pretending we don't say nonsense on the podcast now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want to say, oh yeah, the ending of that Black Mirror episode where they entrap the two paedophiles to fight to the death. <laughs> like, 
but yeah so the fact the fact he's sort of quite because he, he's sort of a you know quite a, a british character actor he's seen quite a lot of things i feel, I feel like he, i must have seen his face in game of thrones i feel like that's where I've oh seen yeah him i think he must he, he's been in a lot of stuff i've definitely immediately recognized him but that was the thing i placed him from immediately was he's the guy from the end of that black mirror episode oh okay um, so yeah, he's saying to uh, to Kim that he's very much in favour of all of the security, and it seems like that's sort of the key tension we're going to have this series is between. It's nice to have the governors back as a sort of source of tension because obviously we're watching the Scottish series where the governors aren't a thing because there's no oversight beyond um, Lorraine. Yeah, although I I personally don't follow the amount of power the governors have. I always felt it was kind of like they walked in, they give a bit of hair and representation, but broadly everyone else keeps out of it. Or it could just be that I'm not a particularly engaged parent. But it's because, so, so the governors, not not all of the governors are parents, right? That's how a, a school governor's board works. You have parent governors. So there's a, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, but then I, I was under the impression that the, the board of governors as a whole did have oversight. Obviously it's not, it's not just parents. It's there are also representatives from the council. Tim Marsh's character, uh, Nikki, is still living with Deb's uh, sister. Um, there's a bit where Dante offers her his shed, bizarrely. Yeah, I think that thing is him, him being charming. Yeah. When, and he, then, when he says, like, oh, yeah, you know, if you need a place to stay, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's putting out yeah, into the world. There. He does, he does. And Tonya notices the, the frisson. I'm going to say frisson. Why not? The, yes. the frisson between them. I did. Um, I got involved. Frisk on alert between Dante and Nikki. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, Kai gets himself deliberately sent off because he wants to go and intercept Car- uh, intercept Preston. So before he reads the letter, but he handled the ball from his own team. He wasn't. He wasn't stopping a goal scoring opportunity. <laughs> He was stopping a goal no, for an he, opportunity for himself, not for others. But but he did deliberately handle the ball, so the referee had to send him off. Especially such a card happy referee. Okay, right. Okay, so they didn't even, they didn't even send him to look at the screen. <laughs> but like, if I deliberately handle the ball to stop yeah. my teammate from scoring in the opponent's goal, how is that a red card offence? Because I'm not giving any. I'm not giving myself an advantage. Yeah, but it, it, it's still a deliberate handball, which is still a red card offence, right? But not if I'm not giving myself an advantage. And also, he's a very card-happy referee. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, but, but, they, when they, but when Kai gets to the changing rooms, it turns out Preston has already read the letter. Um, and they have, they have quite a, like, a little sort of heart-to-heart and a discussion about things. Um, and Kai says he's been really struggling because he gave Danny the knife. And so he's had real feelings of guilt about it, as well as feelings that something could have come back on him legally yeah, if the Danny's, knife is found. Danny's facing uh, prison and uncertain future, and Kai's like, but why not let's make this about me? <laughs> no, I can see what Kai is is, is doing, because he, he's just worried, because he was he's partly, he's partly feeling guilty, because his actions have led to Danny being in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, also he's worried about himself. We'd all, we'd all be worried about ourselves in that situation. No, I wouldn't. So uh, Samia has gone to see Danny. Have you ever stabbed um, someone and it got you a girlfriend? I've I've never stabbed someone full stop. 
Maybe I don't have time. Had, you'd have got a girlfriend sooner. <laughs> I don't have time to categorise my stabbings into <laughs> stabbings that did not lead to a romantic relationship and stabbings that got me laid. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's an interesting debate for the correlation is not causation or yeah, yeah, it is it is um so yeah D- samir and danny are talking and danny says you know val seems to think that i'll get away with it but she's kidding herself samir says everyone's very worried about him and then they have a kiss uh Dwayne breaks miles's ankle um i don't care what anyone says Dwayne got all ball uh, yeah, it's weird because from what they show at us, it looks like a, a fair if hard tackle. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he had a bit of follow through. The the reaction um, from Miles's mother, which carries on for at least another episode, yes. is the most outrageous thing in the world because she doesn't believe that a footballer should be should get a broken ankle. Yes, but she's meant to be a bit of a cartoon, isn't she? Yeah, but it, she's too cartoonish. Yeah, I know she what turns, you're saying. She turns but... up and just yells sweet nothings. <laughs> but I think the worst thing about it is not her reaction, but the fact that everyone else seems to share her reaction. Yeah. It's so like... everyone reacts like he's just murdered him. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne has every right to go for the ball. The last thing the referee said was, it's a contact sport, carry on, son. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you know, we all, we've, he got we've all ball. We've all played football at that level. Injuries do even happen at that level. Like I remember, yeah, a guy, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah, I was in a game where a guy broke his wrist really badly. Like they, yeah. they, these things happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a contact sport. Yeah. So yeah, no, the, the reaction is is absurd. Uh, so there's some uh, some more between Preston and Kai. Preston says um, he's still angry at himself for sort of standing Kai up at the end of the series before. And then Did he Kai use the says, phrase end of the series. No, he didn't. No, I can't believe um, I didn't turn up the end of the last series, Kai. <laughs> yeah. But Kai then uses the phrase locking lips, which I don't think anyone has ever said outside of a sun headline. No, a lip locker. Yeah, he's like, Oh, you're you know, you were still upset about locking lips with me. No one's ever said that. Do you know why? Because they're podcast listeners and they know I don't like the word snog. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, find another another word for it yeah um preston admits that he lied about seeing someone else and then they're about to kiss and then everyone starts coming in and so they don't i like that we're putting a bit more sort of we're giving a bit more material to that relationship because it seemed before like it was just something that happened in that heat of that one moment yeah yeah but it's clear but and and then when the show when it happened on the show and their official twitter account was putting loads of like you know we ship them we're obsessed whatever It yeah, I mean, us being like it's a bit weird, but they they, they obviously knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah, I I get this a couple of times. It's odd that because it's I feel like the whole Dwayne story happening here. It's very it's clear that they wrote everything in bulk but filmed it in different chunks. Yeah, because this could. Well, really... I think this was all filmed because Kim Marsh kept saying when she was doing Strictly how much filming she was doing for Waterloo Road, and like that was virtually when the last bit was airing, and she wasn't in it that much. So clearly they filmed it. I think they probably filmed this 14 episodes as a pretty much a block. Um, yeah, which is not mad considering the fact they've they've done 20 and even 30 episode series in the past. Don't, don't tempt them. <laughs> Mike and Joe are talking to Dwayne after the, the, the football incident. And Mike is saying about how much of a difficult position Dwayne has put him in. Um, and then there's a, a discussion between Joe and Mike 
where they're worrying about whether they are the right parents for these two kids because you know they're white and maybe they just can't understand what these kids are going through yeah i genuinely really love this scene even though it starts with joe saying to Dwayne, get a shower because that's not what happens in english schools yeah but we'll give them that but yeah, when Mike was kind of just saying, you know, he's just punched a police officer. It doesn't take a psychologist to figure out what he's getting at there. Um, and yeah, it's kind of nice how those themes, even though they're not really explicit with Dwayne, he says at the start, oh, my, my you know, one of my dads is a fed, etc. Yeah. And then Lyndon later on says, says, you know, for some of these kids, that uniform isn't a sim- yeah. like something that they trust. And it kind of pulls nicely at all of these, all of these things. And yeah, I really like the scene. I think, you know, Mike and Joe, the two actors, uh, give a lot to it. Um, yeah. It's a very, uh, it's a very real thing. I think, you know, we ourselves as, you know, two, two white guys can also empathise with that, that kind of feeling of being like, well, I want to do what's right, but am I in the right position to understand it? Do, can I ever possibly understand these things? Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, Look, we, we and sort of, and we you sort always of, feel as, under pressure to, to figure yeah. it out, but also kind of understand that you might never figure it out. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That last point, I think, is very much it. Like, as white people, I think one of the things we have to, you know, we have to go with is that as much as we, you know, our intentions are great and we try and help, ultimately, as much as we try to understand, we can never fully understand. Yeah, yeah. We can never get all the way there because we just we don't have that lived experience and will not ever have that lived experience. So, yeah, no, it's a really interesting thing for the show. To, and the show makes it really explicit. Like Mike actually says, what if a white teacher and a white police officer just cannot understand what these two kids are going through? Yeah. And then the show goes and ru- ruins it all by having Dwayne do an insane escape storyline. Yeah. So Dwayne has then decided that um, he's causing the problems and Zane is going to be adopted. So Zane, Dwayne is going to flee to Birmingham, where he has a cousin. Um, and he's going to do this. I have a cousin this. in Birmingham. I never flee there. No, and he's occasionally I go there to watch cricket and or football. Well, that's it. So he's going to get on the coach, which means his end goal is to get to Digbeth. (laughs) 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 So uh, Joe is saying that he doesn't want to give up, even though they can't fully understand, which is which is really good. I think this stuff's really nice, and I'm like I say, I'm glad that Joe and Mike are getting more to do because they got very little last series. Very interesting next to all of the good Kevin hunting stuff we've been watching in series. Yeah. Yeah. Such a different portrayal of foster care and adoption and things like that. Um, So Val has noticed that Sammy is not in school, gets home to find clothes strewn across the stairs. And what follows is five minutes of just pure how many sex jokes can this show do? Can I can we try it? and work out the logistics of scattering clothes on the stairs. Because it's just, it's so high risk. Yeah. The idea that you're stumbling up the stairs, taking your clothes off. It's like, it would be, you know, give yourself five seconds to pause, maybe take your socks off, give it a good old thing. Yeah, that's it. And then just scuttle up the stairs on your hands and knees if need be, but you'll be up there in three (laughs) seconds. You're fine. But the idea of you know the, the heat of passion means you can't let go of one another and you're throwing clothes up the stairs. I'm surprised they didn't find a yeah. body there. <laughs> yeah, so Val's like, oh, there's no GCSE in that, Sammy Chowdhury. And then she says to Danny, you zip it. And he goes, It's a bit late for that. <laughs> like, wah, wah. <laughs> I know, because at one point she says, um, in the future, and uh, Val says in the future, not in nine months. Yeah, so and he Danny... says, she says, You're you're still gonna be grounded when you have kids of your own, which I hope isn't nine months from no. now. <laughs> 
but Danny Smirk. <laughs> so, um, Dwayne has it gets to the coach station. Look, realizes he can't pay for it, and he so he gets into the luggage compartment of the coach. Um, Tonya then like FaceTimes him to try and get him to come back to school, and he's talking about how he doesn't have a drink and he's getting really hot in the luggage compartment. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like he should go back to that school purely because they educated him to think this was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, none of the luggage I've ever put in these compartments has died. <laughs> um, there's some uh, some brief stuff about Sammy's dad not wanting her seeing Danny, um, and then she's saying about the you know about the police. I know what they're like, and I'm not the only one. Um, they're really really laying this on, um, and then. We're in the office and Wendy brings in the guy from the knife crime organization and it's Andrew Flippin Treneman. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we like jokes for the whole of the last series about them bringing I every week I put a meme out about how there wasn't an Andrew Treneman cameo. Yeah. I never thought for a second that, that it could actually happen. No, no. I thought that's a ridiculous thing. Why would they bring back this character no one remembers except us? They because are podcast <laughs> listeners. It's the only possible reason. And they just thought, let's make, let's make that let's, let's make their job easier when they do the Waterloo Road Awards. Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's my question here. Technically, if the Dante, if Chloe getting killed by a car accident that Dante can't remember was done to wind me up. And Andrew Treneman is brought back because of us. Surely, at some point, we should be getting a writing credit on this show. I feel like we, we should. We should at least get like what, sto- story by story by. <laughs> maybe that's why they're not admitting to it online is because yeah. they would know that yeah, the uh, there's already a, a WGA strike. We'll be <laughs> um, <laughs> Where, where's my but, Waterloo Road millions? <laughs> but what I liked was so that they introduced Andrew Treneman. And then Kim undercuts it immediately by just saying, can you tell Andrew Treneman that he can go and jump off a cliff? They and then she Jedi. slams the door on him. They did uh, uh, The Last Jedi for that moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they just did. Just tossing the lightsaber yeah. over the shoulder. Just shoulder-up. threw Andrew Treneman into the sea, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Samia is, like, texting Danny, saying, my dad says I can't see you, but that's not going to stop me. I'm coming over. And then as she sends that text, Danny's doorbell rings, and it's Vinny. And Vinny says, I could make this whole thing go away. All I need is a little favour. We never hear what the favour is. We don't. And we it's sort of that... implied in the next episode that that's off the table and gone. Yeah, because Danny seems to accept it. Yes. But then Kim comes round and he seems to go back on it. Yes. And as we know, Vinny <laughs> handles people breaking their word to him very calmly. Yeah, Vinny's very relaxed about people going back on things with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so Tonya then goes to tell Joe where Dwayne has gone. Uh, the police pull over the coach, and uh, we find, and then we find out that Dwayne was found unconscious and he's on the way to hospital. Um, so uh, Kim and Andrew finally have a conversation, and uh, Andrew brilliantly, with his smug little face, just goes, "I'm sensing hostility." <laughs> <laughs> you know what you did, Trenovan. I love him. So uh, Kim says uh, that she last saw him at the end of term party with the fireworks where he said he can't leave. And then he just went straight back to Rwanda. 
And people were questioning this. What end of term party with what fireworks? Because the end of series four was the digger incident. Yeah. So it was, but so, because there was the two strands, wasn't there? On the one strand was the school being knocked down by the digger. And the other strand was they did the singing competition and they did really well. And was there like a party because of that? I don't know, but they, they went back for a party, but then the digger intervened and um, everyone just started chanting Waterloo Road. Maybe they let off some fireworks after that. <laughs> oh, right. Are we going to go back um, and check? No. No, we're not. Of course we're not. But then, so he went straight back to Rwanda and then he he turned up in Salford as the head of St. Henry's. Why was Kim like keeping tabs on his career? I don't know. But it's like it's Instagram, isn't it? I guess it's like, yeah, keeping an eye on your ex is like a thing, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, but it's not like that. It's, it's just, you know, there are people who I haven't seen in the flesh for 11 years. But I know, you know, there's one person, like, I know when they moved to this place because they put it on Instagram. I know yeah. when they started working at Cafe Nero. I know when they stopped working yeah. at Cafe Nero. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. And, um, and that's the thing. It makes that idea of seeing someone after a long time really difficult. Because one day, if I speak to this person... Oh, I'll be like, yeah. What have you been doing? <laughs> and mm. I was like, Oh yeah, of course. You live here within this square footage. <laughs> I am not yes. a crackpot. Uh, I know precisely the date you handed in your notice at Cafe Nero. <laughs> how, how did it feel to cross the floor to Costa? <laughs> Kim is saying uh, that that you know a kid brought a knife and now they're becoming a martyr. Uh, and is she worried about copycats? <laughs> That's what I thought. I yeah. know about copycats. We could have a copycat situation here. Yeah. But she even says um, that it's going to encourage more kids to bring knives. I really don't think yeah, it is. That's it. Copycats. <laughs> because they've policed it. And what does policing encourage? Copycats. Yes, absolutely. We know this. Um, if you're just listening for the new series, <laughs> that, that is a reference Go to series to eight. to 130 episodes <laughs> so you can catch up with that reference yeah. to a ridiculous thing that someone says in series eight. Yeah. Um, but Kim says, I don't want or need advice from you about this. He gives the advice anyway, of course, because he's Andrew Trenniman. Yeah. Um, and he says, you, you know, know I've about... never known to shut up. <laughs> yeah. Off, off, off. It's all about, he says, it's all about who the kids see as a positive role model. And at the moment, that is someone who stabbed someone. Yeah. I I did find that, or maybe I was too starstruck at this point, but I did find all of that very <laughs> difficult to follow. <laughs> So uh, then we get we get a brief bit where Kelly Joe has a confrontation with one of the police officers, starts a chant for free Danny Lewis. Kim can't get the chant to stop. So she decides to go and see Danny. He's, and Danny says, oh, don't worry about it, Miss Campbell. This case isn't going to court because Vinny's going to say he can't remember. And Kim basically says, you know, don't give that guy power over you because as soon as he's got power over you, that's it. Which is Which is the best advice Kim gives to anyone in this episode. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, after trying really hard for a long time. Yeah. Um, she goes very hard like, to do the right right thing, not the easy <clears> thing, while they've had a school day where she allowed male detectors and the police in the school. So it's interesting because that, that suggests that she thinks that is the right thing, if not easy, whereas actually the right thing would be to stop them doing all of that. But but is, is that the parallel they're drawing, though? Because what she then does is goes, actually, I don't want this. And mm. she strips the security measures out. So is that oh, them yeah, both learning this, both learning that lesson? Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that probably is where they were at least trying to go with it. <laughs> uh, we, we're at the hospital. We find out that Dwayne is okay. He's got heat exhaustion, but he's okay. 
And Mike says that PC Blaney, which is the guy who got punched, is not going to take it any further. They're so close. They're, <laughs> They're so dancing. Close. They're dancing They're dancing around press own. charges so elegantly. I know, there's a few times, <laughs> a few times where they do that. I, I loved it because, you know, it's one of those moments where you go, oh, are they listeners, though? They are. Are they, I though? Think they are. Are they? Because that's, it's that's so close to saying press charges because that's, you yeah. know, that's not a reference that we abandoned. That's what no. has happened for three years at this point. Yeah. And, and there was one in the last series. There was a press charges. Yeah. Again, what happened, the last series was written explicitly to wind me up. Yeah. This series is being written explicitly to make you happy. Yeah. And, and you know what? Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, so Miles's mom is also at the hospital, um, sees them and says, you know, this broken ankle could be the end of Miles's career. Lots of footballers get a broken ankle and never play again. <laughs> yeah. Um, she wants Dwayne charged with assault and she's going to sue the school. But Mike sort of speaks up for him. I, I reckon a more damaging thing for his career is being taken out of the Manchester United Academy to go... <laughs> To a to a school in Stockport, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, so then Joe and Mike uh, talk to the kids about the prospect of adoption, and they have a nice family hug. And then there's um, Danny Lewis, uh, Danny uh, does his Johnny Depp and Amber Heard apologising for taking dogs to Australia video. <laughs> yeah, so he does a video saying he was stupid, he messed everything up. He says, "I'm not a hero, I'm an idiot. I threw my life away in a second. I can't pretend that I didn't do it. I'm going to admit it to the police. Don't fight for me. Don't be like me. Again, it was very um, Barney, Barney Gumble. Don't cry for me. I'm already dead. <laughs> uh, Val is not very happy about this. Challenges Kim about it. Says, no, no, you know, no, no, right not to be happy about it. He was about to get away with it scot-free. And Kim thinks yeah, the best but... idea for Danny is to spend his lifetime on the criminal justice system. <laughs> when she says all of the time, don't, you know. Yeah, it, but it, so th- they made they made very clear in the solicitor meeting that Val was basically pushing Danny into this direction to like sleazy lawyer their way out of it. Whereas Danny was quite keen to just say what happened because in his view and in our view, he's not actually doing anything wrong. He was defending himself against a, 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 an adult man who was trying to, if not kill him, then seriously hurt him. Yeah, yeah. So Kim is then saying, you know, the kids might, you know, Mike has got a good connection with, with some of the kids. They might, the rest might learn to trust him if we don't have the uniform and if we don't have the metal detectors. And Lyndon says, I agree. I'm going to back you on this. Um, so then we have uh, Andrew Treneman waiting outside the school. Oh, I yearn. <laughs> you imagine just leaving work one day and there's Andrew Treneman. <laughs> uh, all my notes of repeating, ask her out for Italian food, ask her out for Italian yeah. food. <laughs> and so he apologises for like just turning up and springing it on her. Um, and he says, you know, I was hoping we could at least be friends. And she says, I'm going to let you help the school, but I don't want anything more from you, friendship, relationships, whatever. It's too late. And that is where the episode ends. Listener, it wasn't too late. It's never too late. <laughs> never too late. Never too late for Italian food. Oh, that is that what st- kids are calling it these days. <laughs> I still think, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast. I definitely said this while I was talking to someone the other day. Uh, and I've only seen the first two episodes. I think this series, we are going to get at least one scene 
with the full trinity with Jack, Andrew, Kim. No, really. Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Oh, and you know, we, we do that. That will be our Multiverse of Madness quote a lot. That will be our Kim, Multiverse Kim of Madness. Stands in, Kim stands in the middle as the Wonder yeah. Woman theme plays. Where are all the electric cello? Oh, got to play that song there. Yeah. <laughs> um, what did you think of this opening episode? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, themes are interesting. A little yeah, bit of really Warrior Chaos thrown in. Um, yeah. I guess it's interesting isn't it? because it's not really like an actually based show. So a lot of shows end, you know, in the last act, they have like, you know, a chase or some kind of fight or whatever. Yeah. This has, you know, a child or someone or mad. killing their friend in a traffic accident. Yeah, exactly. You know, great <laughs> shows do that. Um, but yeah, this isn't necessarily. So it needs to find some way of kind of raising the tension. Yeah. Rather Considering that having... episode, episode one of the last series ended with the death of Chloe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, this exactly. has done nothing. Uh, it feels, this felt like a very like vintage Waterloo Road type episode. Like you said, there's got there's some themes in there that we're really interested in. There's the sort of chaotic stuff. There's a really silly kid of the week plot with Dwayne and the coach. Yeah. It's, it, it's still a shame that we don't get a next time trailer. That's my like biggest note for no, the, yeah, the reboot yeah. series. It really never had a next about time format. It does, yeah. If anything, <laughs> for the admin it creates for me. <laughs> um, yes, so that is episode one of the new series. Play out song is, I think, the Georgia Smith song from the beginning. Yeah. The I think they're quite coming. famous, right? Georgia Smith. I think so. It's definitely, it's definitely a Radio 1 thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've, we've established that I don't know about Radio 1, um, but I recognised that name. Good. So I'm going to say famous enough. Don't you write-